so good to be here again tonight. We just had a wonderful time yesterday, and I've been living in the atmosphere of the yesterday's meeting all day today. <laughs> so I'm happy to be in the service of the Lord tonight. Now, with so many waiting, or standing rather, and I should say standing rather, that uh, we're sorry that we don't have the adequate room for seating, but we know that if you'll just be patient with us a little while, the Lord will certainly reward you. I hope he does, and I'm sure he will, because he always rewards those who are patiently, and they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings like an eagle. Now, the last few nights or days I've just been preaching kindly to you and having a small calling lines and so forth. I kind of believe I owe it to the sick people tonight to pray for the sick because there's so many of them here. And I told the boys to give out some prayer cards this afternoon. I guess they That's fine. All right. We'll, thank you, Brother King. We will call them up just in a few moments. I asked Brother Moore to speak for me tonight. All the thing I have to do is come in and pray for the sick. Did you do it? <laughs> Anybody want a job? Follow me, speaking for me. <laughs> Around all the way. Oh my! Well, um, I am. Um, these handkerchiefs here that stand up here to be prayed over. Uh, we reverently believe in praying for these cause. Now, we remember that this is a Bible doctrine to pray over these cause. Now, many people anoint them with oil and send them back to the patients. We send thousands of them a month around the world. And if you don't have one in here, if you just write our office, why, we'll sure send it to you free of charge. No charges for anything we do. So... In the Bible, if you bear with me, I believe scripturally, Paul never prayed over them or anointed them. They taken from his body. Uh, uh, I believe Paul was scriptural. Don't you think so? Would you like to know where I think he got that from? Elijah, one time, when a baby was uh, dead, Elijah said to Gehazi, take my staff and go lay it on the child. Now, Elijah knew that the Holy Spirit upon him and everything he touched was blessed. And he said, take this staff and lay it on the baby. I think that's where Paul got the idea of laying, taking handkerchiefs and aprons from his body because I wouldn't think that St. Paul would do anything unscriptural. So he said, now we realize that we're not St. Paul, but he's still Jesus. <laughs> he's still God. So God, being no respect of person, he sends your pastors and evangelists and things along that you might have the same faith in the same God that St. Paul represented. And then if we have the same ministry that St. Paul had, the same things take place in our ministry, take place in, took place in St. Paul's meeting. Now, just before we, or tonight, before we start praying for the sick, I, I want to lay hands on those handkerchiefs and pray for them. Many times... I've got pictures you notice in the books there from South Africa where they had, I believe, 16 or 18 grass sackfuls. One night service, just great big, we call them, I guess they're burlap sacks and stuff full of handkerchiefs and letters and things. And one of the reporters said, 
Brother Branham's very superstitious. He was praying over claws, <laughs> handkerchiefs. That, they don't know the scripture, that's all. They're lovely people that just don't understand. That's the way a lot of it is today. They're all nice people, but maybe at times just don't understand. So we just bear with that. So, so then um, we are glad to minister in any way. Now, if you ride up to Jeffersonville, just tell them it'll be a cloth that I prayed over. I can't send a handkerchief. They're too expensive. I've been sending thousands of them a month. I take a ribbon and cut them off and pray over these ribbons. And then some sister over in Illinois makes me a little cloth about like that. Not very expensive. All I think I forget what they pay a hundred for them, and we get them by the great big boxes. And I take those and pray over them. And then there's a letter made up. We have a chain circle around the earth. The entire earth is encircled with this. We have more miracles done by them claws than we have right in the meeting because we reach more reach more people. I like to tell this. I know it's taken a lot of your time, but a few days. Oh, it's not a few days, few, about two years ago. There's one sent to Germany, and on the cloth it says, If your pastor is a believer, call him in. If you've done any sin, confess it. Make everything right. God will not heal only under conditions. And so call your pastor in. And if you did any wrong, confess it. The Bible said, Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for the other. That you might be healed, for the affectional fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. And I say, if you if you have no pastor that believes in healing, maybe you got a neighbor that believes in healing, some member of the church, someone that you can talk to and, and confide in. And this little German woman called in some neighbor women, and she said, "If I've done anything wrong, I'm willing to make it right. I know nothing about it." She had been an invalid in a wheelchair for twenty some odd years, so they prayed and took the handkerchief out of the letter. Laid on a little German woman, and on the back of the page where they gave the translation of her testimony, she said, Now, old man devil, you've been in me long enough, so get out. She just get up out of the wheelchair and went walking on. Now, it's just that simple. <laughs> old man devil, you've helped me long enough. Now, get out of me. And just got right up and walked away. Now, that's just how simple it is. Brother Jack Moore and I, on the, one of our first missions going west, I haven't thought of this for a long time. We were praying for the Indians out in St. Carlos. Yes, what you think of that? Well, maybe the Lord wants me to say something about it. <laughs> we had been down with the Spanish people. The first time I'd ever prayed for Indians. And there was an alcoholic and a, two burglars come into the meeting at Phoenix at the Bird High School Auditorium. And when I seen them bring them Indians on the platform, my heart always went out for Indians anyhow. Well, I think they got a rough deal out of this American situation. So then... So that, I asked the Lord if he had healed those two Indians and make it definitely heal them. Then I go back to the reservation. Before I got to California, somebody there let me know that they were both healed. So we had to go back up on the reservation. And I remember going in there and speaking to those Indians, those Apaches. Great, big, strong people there sitting around everywhere. And I said, now, I know how you must feel. I said, I think it's wrong to send billions of dollars overseas for them to build up airplanes and make bombs and come back and blow us out with it. That's right. When thousands of these Indians die every year from starvation right. on the prairie, it, it's a stain on our flag to do a thing like that. After all, this land belongs to them. We just pushed them back. What would we think if the Japs come over here and pushed us back or something like that? 
Same feeling. Remember, they're human. I said, all of that, I cannot help. I'm just one American. I'm just one person that votes just like you do and got the same rights that you have and all. But I said, I'm not here to tell you about this nation. I'm here to tell you about somebody that will give you a square deal. That's Jesus Christ. And I remember when we called the prayer line, an Indian's kind of a funny fellow, you know. So there's nobody coming to prayer line. Used to be, you'd have, we'd have to take and fight him away with great gangs of ushers to call the prayer line. There was nobody coming. I looked around at Brother Jack, and he looked at me. Finally, the interpreter went back. What was that woman's name that had that mission out there on that film? I, I believe she belonged to Assemblies of God. Yeah, I forget her name now. But, however, as on her church steps, what? Mitchell, Mrs. Mitchell, many of you Assembly of God people might remember. And she, um, we stood out on the steps with loudspeakers. It would just look like the old covered wagon days to see them sitting around with that sun going down. And um, all the old chief and his little Indians all around and just far out in there all around over that San Carlos riverbanks. And then, after a while, this interpreter, they got all time to do anything, and you know, so he just went back in, brought out an Indian woman. Well, as soon as she came out, great big wide wrist, couldn't speak a word of English, looked me in the face. I watched her a few minutes there. I said, the woman has a venereal disease. It's not because that she's immoral, but the way she's had to live. And she looked at me real strangely. When that interpreter got that to it, she nodded her head, that's right. So the next come out was a little girl, and she kept her head down. I said, now, this little girl, I said, she belongs to one of the uh, a great men in the tribe, and she had a fever. It made her go both deaf and dumb. She's been deaf and dumb for over two years. She hadn't spoke or heard anything. I said, now, all of you know this little girl because she's right here on the reservations. I said, now, if Jesus Christ loves the Indians, he'll heal the Indians. Laid hands, I thought, Lord, I said, don't interpret this. <laughs> and so I prayed, Lord, give me a favor with these people. And I prayed for the little girl, and I got down to her, and if you ever heard Apache language, oh my. <laughs> so I said, you hear me? She turned around and looked at me in that little old black hair, little dirty face, and she looked up at me. I said, you hear me? She said, <laughs> and I said, she'll talk better. And her mother turned around and said, hmm, her talk heap good now. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I said, well, and next they had a little old boy, pushed him out of that little building. The little old Harris course is a mane on a horse and head down. And I said, well, I let the little boy look up at me. I said, he's got crossed eyes, hasn't he? And the mother's kind of rough. She just grabbed him by the top of the head and pulled his hair back, eyes back, his little eyes setting in like that. I said, wonder if I could get... He's scared of me. So I had a piece of chewing gum. I made friends with him. Let him smell it, you know. Kept his head down. You didn't smell it. And I'm a little cross. I was looking around. I picked him up and got him in my arms. I thought, God, if you ever help me, let it be now. I just find favor with him, then they'll believe. I had him on my little shoulder, little head on my shoulder, and I said, Lord, I pray that you'll straighten his eyes. I said, now, you raise your heads. I said, now, before I let the child leave my shoulders, if his eyes is not straight, I'm a false prophet. If his eyes are straight, then you believe I've come with a message from Jesus Christ for you. 
I turn him around like this, and you talk about a prayer line. <laughs> there was a stampede. <laughs> Dust flying, everybody trying. Well, we couldn't get, no one could get in line to just fight and pushing and hollering and jumping over one another. And so, now really, the next was an old Indian woman coming from the back. And there's a little bitty, stout, about 18-year-old boy. Was, he, he has climbed over all of it. He is pretty strong. He got next in line. And I said, son, you, you're, you're not next. This old woman's next. I couldn't make him understand. And Brother Jack's a pretty good little man himself, you know, carpenter. So he, he just got the little lad and pulled him out of the way. Here come that old Indian woman. i never forget that as long as I live. Her crutches was made out of two broomsticks with some, uh, uh, a piece of wood tacked over the top and rags wrapped on it, the pad. And she couldn't, it must have been an arthritis condition. And she put these two sticks out. She looked to be at least 80. And she put these two sticks out and she'd make a step in it. And she said the other, I just stood real still. And she walked right up like this to me. And she's shaking like that. And she looked up at me like that. Oh, my. I seen them old plaited hair, gray, you know, them old deep wrinkles in her cheeks and the tears cutting her way through like the the river there going down, dropping off her face like that. I thought, somebody's mother. No doubt that old feeble hand there wrinkled up as stroked the tears back out of a many crying baby's eyes. The hardship she's went through. She just stood and looked at me and never opened her mouth and said a thing. All at once she just started smiling, reached down, got a hold of one crutch, one to the other, handed them over to me and went walking out there as good as anybody else. No prayer or nothing. She just believed. You remember? And uh, long about, I guess it's nearly daylight, I've been there all night. And uh, by four o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, that's before sundown that afternoon. We have been praying all that night until 4 o'clock the next morning. I noticed all the Indians coming in is wet way up around in here. I said, what's the matter with them? And she said, well, at first they thought you were false. But said, now, said, the Ford's way down. But said, they run out into the prairies and got their loved ones, and they're wading across the river at midnight, packing their loved ones over to be prayed for. They'll rise in the judgment. But the generation of white people can condemn them many times. Some of these people that won't even guard the door to a meeting. And so I remember one instance there. I, excuse me for taking the time. But faith cometh by hearing. We overcome by the word of, of our testimony. And this was a very outstanding case. There's an old Indian that had a board like this and they had... Four sticks across this board didn't have a stretcher to put the old fellow on. So they let him lay his arms up here, just as gray as he could be, and his knees across the other part of the board. And there's two great big fellows packing him, just as wet as they could be. I said to one of the fellows, he's next in line, coming up, I said, You speak English? A little. I said, Aren't you afraid you'd take pneumonia? Nope. said, Jesus Christ says, Take care of me. I brought my dad. Hmm? I said, you believe Jesus Christ will heal your dad? Yep. That's why I brought him. <laughs> so, all right. Passed him by. I said, pass him by. I just laid hands upon the old fella. That plaited hair laying there and shaking like this, you know. I laid my hands up on him. I said, God, be merciful to him. Heal him for Christ's sake. I said, 
take him on. I said, let the next come. They come across like that. A few minutes, I heard a great rally out there amongst them Indian Jews. Couldn't see from the end of the lights for Indians. Looked out there. The old man had the board on his own shoulder going along waving at everybody. <laughs> We try to make it too complicated. We reach come over the top of it trying to find it. We try to make it some mysterious thing when it's just simple. The more simple you are, the better off you'll be. Just don't jump at it. Try to press yourself. Just receive it. It's just that easy. You go, you jump over it. Try to, that's what our theologians do. Jump over the top of it. Trying to find what's sitting right next to you. So simple. The Bible said even a fool shouldn't err. That's right. It's so simple, the gospel. Oh, I tell you, uh, when we cross the other side, I just wonder what it'll be when we get over there. Here, an airplane can stop somebody at the port and say, Brother Branham, I was suffering with so-and-so when over here at train station. Down, I was way up in northern British Columbia, been back on a hunting trip after a meeting. I had beard that long and hadn't took a bath for four weeks. I, I, I smelt like the horse. And I, we, just, we had 21 head of horses back in there. And so we just had to stay with them horses all the time. And I'd come out, and I was pulling up on the panniers. And old flop down had from them rains and snows and whiskers about that long, turning gray. And, and just, just dirty as could be. And we stopped at a little place called East Pines. Way back up in the northern British Columbia on the Halcane Highway, I seen some Indians coming by, them white moccasins on, and walking like that. And I seen a little red-faced woman kept looking at me. I don't know where she's Eskimo or Indian. She kept looking at me like this. And I just looked around. I don't see how she ever seen my face, the beard out all like that. I pulled up the panders and I felt somebody tap me on the shoulder. I turned around and she said, pardon me, aren't you Brother Brandon? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, how did you ever know me? She said, I see your picture. I said, where? She said, the dog sled passes through once a year, and it brought your book called The Prophet Visits Africa. Brother Rasmussen, did you ever hear of him? <laughs> he lost the key to his car, and I went in at Dawson Creek. Oh, it's a big city, about 500, 600 people. And right at the beginning of the Halcane Road, I seen a big key sign. I said, maybe I can get the man to make a key. There stood an old sourdough, all oh my, his face, his nose, big as the end of my hand, nearly swollen, red, big parka on. I asked this man, I said, could you make a key for a car? He said, no, sir, I can't. I said, thank you. I stepped out. I felt somebody turn me around. Look, just looked like little bitty eyes set back behind all that fur. That man looked me in the face. He said, yeah, I believe I'm right. I said, what do you mean, sir? He said, you're Brother Branham, aren't you? I said, yes, sir. How'd you know me? He just started crying, and the tears run off that beard, hugged me like that. He said, I'm your brother. <laughs> he said, I got one of your books. I got seven or eight shacks on my trap line. It takes me two weeks to make them around with a dog sled. said, by candlelight so many nights, I've knelt down by an old grease candle out there in them places and prayed for you. He said, I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm your brother. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. 
When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout to victory, won't we? Around the world, everywhere, God has his children. Get on a steamship and start somewhere. I was over in Jamaica. Oh, I just stopped. That's, we just stand, keep testifying. Wherever they are, whatever walks of life, somewhere, somebody's heard about the power of God to heal the sick. I wish tonight, not, I'm not going to preach because I want to pray for the sick tonight, but just to get you accustomed now to the, to the meeting for the next 15 minutes or so, I want to call your attention to a scripture found in St. Matthew, the 14th chapter, the 27th verse. And I would now that you'd just be as reverent as possible, see? Listen now and catch on to the words. How many sure has never been in one of the meetings before? Let's see your hands. Oh, my. We all couldn't get in the place at one time. It's a, so nearly half the crowd has never been in the meeting before. We certainly welcome you here, my pilgrim brother and sister. We are fellow citizens with you in this great kingdom of God, enjoying his economy of the presence of God in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, as praying for the sick, I do not claim to be a healer. There's only one healer, that's God. And we are just sent as his servants. But I do claim that Jesus Christ is coming right away. I'm looking for him. If he doesn't come tonight, I'll be looking for him in the morning. If he doesn't come this week, I'll look for him next week. If he doesn't come this year, I'll be looking for him next year. I want to be ready when he comes. And I believe that he promised, as it was in the days of Sodom, so would it be in the coming of the Son of Man. And we find out that in the Sodom, there was a, a, a sinners, a bunch of sinners, Sodomites. Then there was a bunch of Christians, lukewarm believers which represented the church, living among them, Lot and his people. Holiness people, sins of the city, vexed his righteous soul. Then there was an elected group which Abraham had called out. And each one of them received a sign. And I believe that the sign that the angel of the Lord did manifested in flesh there was a sign of the manifestation of Christ in his church at the last days. Now, Jesus said, St. John 14, 12, The works that I do shall you do also. He also said, A little while and the world, the world order, will see me no more, yet ye shall see me. The church, the believers, the call out, the elected. For I, I, not someone else, but I, personal pronoun, I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. Amen. Hebrews 13, 8 said Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Then if he is the same today as he was then, he's the same Savior, the same healer, the same high priest, the same Lord. He's just as he was then, only instead of being in a corporal body named Jesus, God is living in his church, your body, my body, that he sanctified with his own blood, that he might cleanse us by the washing of the water, by the word, and present to God a church without spot or wrinkle, that he 
The works that I do shall he do. These signs shall follow them that believe. The supernatural. All right. In Matthew 14, 27, and straightway Jesus said unto them, Be not afraid. Be of a good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. It is I. I carry that in your mind now. Reverently and you especially that's sick and you that's not saved hasn't come into the fellowship of the Spirit yet care that in your mind and I'll hurry just quick as I can call the prayer line watch this conversation let's break in and now make a little drama out of it so the young folks can catch it the sun had just set or was setting across the horizon in the west when its last glimpses on the Sea of Galilee. I can see the brawny muscles of the big fisherman as he was pushing the little boat by the stern as the bow of it pushed out into the water. The people standing on the banks waving and crying as he finally got the little boat off the gravel into the water climbs up to the middle of the boat where his brother Andrew was sitting by the side of an oar and tuck his place. They'd make a stroke or two and then wave to the people on the bank. Stroke or two and wave to the people on the bank. After a while, as dusk began to set in, they were out of sight now. And it must have been young John. He was the youngest among them. It must have been he that waited a moment, stopped his oaring for just a few moments to catch a breath as he had quite a distance yet to go across Galilee. And when he stopped to get his breath, he must have said something like this as he wiped the perspiration from his face. He said, Brethren, we can rest assured that the man that we're following is not a fake. Today, when I stood over his shoulder and watched him take those little fishes and break them in two and watched no sooner than he broke, there come another part of a cooked fish out. Now, I see him take that bread and break that bread and hand to the brethren. Every time he broke a piece of bread off, no sooner than his hand left, there was another piece of bread there. I want to ask you, what kind of an Adam did he turn loose? Not wheat, bread already baked. He bypassed the oven like he did his first miracle in Canaan. That water would eventually become wine. It went up through the vines into the grape, crushed out, become wine. But he bypassed all of that. He was a creator himself. So in the great resurrection, he'll bypass. Uh, Papa, Mama, give birth to this. He'll speak and we'll come from the dust. Like he did Lazarus. And John must have said, You know, today has been a day that settled all doubts in my mind. No matter how much that the rabbis and the teachers of this day say that he isn't God, I know he is. For I remember my mother 
reading the hour of the sacred scriptures in the scrolls of Exodus, how that when they were hungry, like these people were today, God brought bread down out of heaven and laid it up on the ground. So when I seen, I said to Mother, Mother, has God got a big oven up there to bre- bake that bread? She said, No, honey, God is a creator. Yes. And when I seen him break that bread again today, I know that was that same creator. Did not he look like Jehovah when he stood there looking up on the multitude and breaking this bread and passing it out? I was minded of the Bible stories that my mother used to read to me about Jehovah feeding his people bread out of the heavens. And today, Jehovah remains the same, because today, brethren, we have seen Jehovah break bread and give it to his people again and multiply. He surely must be what he says he is, the Son of God. And as a young John was stopped then a moment by Simon Peter, who always had to say something, and he said, well, while we're resting a moment, I'd like to give my personal testimony. Being that John has given his. I remember when Andrew, a brother sitting here, used to tell me, you should go down and hear a prophet preach, predicting that there is coming a Messiah. And I said, what kind of clothes does he wear? He said he had his sheepskin around him. Come out of the wilderness. He's the Elijah that was spoke of to come. I believe it. Then one day he come back and told me about another man coming down, a young fellow about his age, and all about some kind of a mystic light over the top of him or something. And said this prophet said he heard a voice saying, this is my beloved son. I know what to believe what that prophet said. I never heard him, don't know nothing about him, so I just dismissed the whole thing as a bunch of nonsense, and I thought my brother had went off on the deep end. But one day he came down to the seaside, and I thought, well, I believe I'll walk up there. It ain't very much I'm away. I'll walk up and see what this fellow's got to say. No sooner than... And I walked up there, I know there was something different about that man. Now I said one thing before I went up there. I remember my old daddy. He was a great old Pharisee, as all you brethren know. Now I remember when we used to fish out here in the sea. He was very religious. I remember before going out, he'd say, Simon, my little son, let us kneel and ask Jehovah who owns all the fish that he'll fill our nets tonight with fishes. For I need it. We need bread at home. And uh, we have need of some fishes, so let's pray, Simon, how we used to kneel on the bank and pray. I watched him when his hair began to slip away, turning gray. Finally, one day, he sat down on the side of the boat after a big catch that God had answered prayer, and he said, Simon, my little boy, Daddy's getting old, and I must... Answer my summons pretty soon on high. I've always prayed, Simon, that I'd live to see the day when the Messiah appeared. Now, Simon, there's no doubt but what there'll be a lot of confusion in that day. 
There'll be all kinds of things falsely rise up just before that coming Messiah. But I want you to be, I believe you'll see it, Simon. So I, I want you to be sure of one thing, Simon. Don't never accept it lest it's got the sign of the Messiah. Be sure that that Messiah sign is scriptural. And I hear Simon, here's how you're going to know him. I remember sitting on his knee and looking at his eyes as he quivered and filled with tears. Papa, what will he look like? He'll just be an ordinary man. And perhaps not liked amongst our people. He'll be a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. He'll be rejected and despised. But Simon, there'll be many men rejected and despised. But this man will be a prophet. For Moses said, The Lord your God shall raise up a prophet like unto me. Moses was a perfect type of Christ. Lawgiver, priest, deliverer, so forth as the Bible reads of him. And Moses said that God told him that they'd raise up a prophet like him. And this will be more than a prophet. He'll be a God prophet. And you'll remember him, O Moses, as all of our people have... Are you remembering, Simon? As all of our people does know, prophets are sent from God. And prophets have... He is a, re, a revelator of the divine word. He's a divine interpreter of the divine word. And if this prophet says something and God backs it up, then that prophet's from God. Because if he says something that's a word of God, a promise of God, and God turns around by that prophet and backs it up and says it's true, then you hear him. Because that's our commission, Simon. Don't be deceived to Simon. But now, Simon, when you see them things comes to pass, you watch this prophet. And that day, all that seemed to flash back to me before. My dad's been dead for years. But when I walked up there, begin to look at that little fella, no beauty we should desire, we hid as it was our face, I thought, that's just exactly what dad told me the scripture said about him. No different from any other man. Looked just like other man. But when I walked up into his face, he looked straight at me. And said, Your name is Simon. Yes, and your father's name is Jonas. Yes. Not only did he know me, but he knew that godly old father of mine that had passed on. Yes. I fell at his feet and said, You are the Messiah. Yes. So that settled it for me. For I know my daddy had taught me the scriptures that that would be the sign of the Messiah. Must have been Philip about that time said, Yes, Simon, I was standing seeing that. You know what I done? I took around the hill to find our brother Nathaniel sitting up here. Nathaniel remembered? Oh yes, Philip. Well I remembered. I remember I went around the mountain and I I found Nathaniel praying under a tree. And I said, Nathaniel Come see who we have found. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. 
And you remember what you said, Nathaniel? Well, I remember. I said, could there be any good thing come out of Nazareth? <laughs> Amongst them holy rollers or whatever you want to call it. There'd be any Messiah coming. He'd come up here to Caiaphas as a high priest. He'd come make himself known to our organization. <laughs> so there couldn't be anything raised up down there in that any son of Joseph or so forth could ever be any Messiah. And you remember, I remember what you told me too, Philip. What was it? I said, come and see. That's the best I Don't stay at home and criticize. Come find out for yourself. Come examine it by the word. See if it's right. That's good theology. Come see for yourself. I said, yes, I remembered. And said, you remember what we talked about coming along, Nathaniel? The boat was rocking along the little waves now going across the sea. Yeah, I remember. It was all giving their personal testimony about Jesus, what they thought of him. And so he said, yes, well, I remember. Yes, I remember. We was talking about you, Simon. Yeah. Uh, he said, you remember that old fisherman that couldn't even sign his own name on a receipt for your fish? Yeah. said, he told him who he was and who his father was. Now, you know, Nathaniel, that you're a scholar. And you know, the Bible says that the Messiah will be a God prophet. We'll know him by the sign of a prophet. Yes, I remember that. Now, I remember you told me he might tell me who I was when I come before him. Oh, I remember that. Well, now, Nathaniel... You want to testify from here out? I certainly do, brethren. Oh, my. When you've ever met Jesus, you like to tell about it. I can see him stand up the little boat and say, Brethren, I walked up there. I wondered what that man I'd heard Philip talk about him. And I thought, well, surely Philip wouldn't tell me anything wrong. I got there and saw a little group of people. Oh, perhaps maybe what like here tonight or something. Is that a little group of people stand along? Maybe it's in a prayer line. And when I got up before him, he looked at me and he said, Behold an Israelite in whom there's no God. Well, I thought, now that's strange. I never saw him before and he never saw me before. So how does he know that I'm an Israelite? How does he know? I could be an Arab. I could be a Greek. Well, we all dress alike. So how do you know I was an Israelite and had no guile? I was a, a just, honest man. So I said to him, Rabbi, I didn't want to disregard, disrespect him. So I said, Rabbi, how did you ever know me? You've never seen me, and you don't know me. This is the first time we met. So how did you know me? He said, before Philip called you, when you were under the tree, I saw you. Yes, said Philip, I remember what you've done. You fell at his feet and said, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Art the king of Israel. Say, you remember Rabbi Lebinsky over there, what he said? He said, now look, congregation, don't you believe that stuff? That's Beelzebub. That's the devil in that man doing that. He's a fortune teller. You remember what Jesus said to him? He said, I forgive you for that. But someday the Holy Ghost is coming. And he'll do the same thing. And if you speak a word against it, it'll never be forgiven you in this world, neither in the world to come. Remember that? Yes. Yes, remember that. Must have been Andrew sitting to the side of Peter then. Said, can I testify, brethren? Yes. Said, I want to speak for the whole group of us. Said, when that day, when 
We were going down to Jericho, from Jerusalem going down to Jericho. Went right down the mountain. But he had need to go by Samaria. We always wondered. Now, I remember him telling that priest that day that he said, Dearly, dearly, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing. That doeth the Son likewise. So we seen him that day walk through a multitudes of lame, blind, halt, twisted, withered, and found a man laying on a pallet. Said, take up your bed and go into your house. The man obeyed him. The priest questioned him. And he said, I do nothing till the Father shows me. And he knew the man had been in that condition. Brother, that settled it. And he was, a, he knew God had shown him what to do. Showed who one of the man was. Nobody had been that way for 38 years. He wasn't paralyzed or he wasn't crippled. He could walk. Said, when I'm coming down, somebody steps ahead of me. Yes, I remember that. And somehow he was strangely led. And we all know that. We went up to Samaria. And isn't it strange when we got just outside the city there at that well? He sat down at this well and sent us all away. Yes, brethren said, yes. I, I, we remember that, Andrew, very well. And so when we went out into the city, and John, that's where you showed off. He wanted to burn the city up, you know, but because he wouldn't give us something to eat. But we come back. And you know, when we come back up through the bushes there, we were so surprised when we saw our master talking to a woman, a young girl, young woman, perhaps his age. And you remember, she just pulling up the water pot when we come up. So we wanted to see what he would do. So he said, woman, bring me a drink. And quickly she looked at him and said, it's not customary for you Jews to ask us Samaritans things like that. We have no dealing. We have segregation here. You shouldn't say such a thing as that to me. And he said, but if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. And I'd give you waters that you don't come here to draw. Why, she said, well, Steve, you have nothing to draw with. You remember, brother, how we all stick down on that bush and listen to see what he'd say? Yeah, I remember it right behind the well there. And Andrew, you remember, I tried to push your head down, trying to keep over the wall. And so we listened to see what he'd say to this woman. So she come closer to him, and she said, Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. You say it, Jerusalem. Remember the conversation went on a little while? And after a while, he looked her right in the face. And he said, go get your husband and come here. Remember what she said? I don't have any husband. Oh, we thought, now, now something caught him. Now he's got it. That woman said, now we know if she'd say a lie and he'd be our God, our Lord, we know that that woman would probably die right in her tracks. That's right. To dispute God's word right to his face. So we wondered what would happen. She said, I have no husband. He said, you said the truth. <laughs> so we wondered what was going to happen. Then we hear him raise up again. said, you've had five. And the one you're living with now is not your husband. So you said the truth. You remember the looks of that woman's face? Her hair fell down. Her big, pretty eyes looked out there. She scratched her head. She said, sir. Uh, yeah, John, keep still. I don't know what you said. She's going to say he's Beelzebub. Okay. But she said, Sir, I 
perceive that you are a prophet. She know more about God than the preachers does. She said, in that state, oh yes, an overtrained theological seminary experience takes you away from me sometimes, farther than walking the street. Now, there said, I perceive that you are a prophet. We Samaritans know that there's coming a Messiah, which is called Christ, the Anointed One, the prophet that Moses spoke of. And we know when he comes, he'll tell us these things, because that'll be the sign of the Messiah. He'll be a, a God-sent prophet. We know that he's coming. Jesus said, I'm he. Oh, my. I'm he that speaks with you. And she looked again. She dropped that water pot and tucked off in the city as hard as she could. You remember, we, we went over and we said, eat, Master. Eat, Master. He said, I have bread to eat that you know not of. And we went on down into the city. And here come the man coming out. And we remember that woman going down through the street. We could hear her come out the well. All the men around the marketplace said, Come see a man. Come see a man who told me the things that I've done. Isn't this the very Messiah? Isn't this the sign of the Messiah? Yes. Come see the man that told me what I've done. Isn't this the Messiah? And brethren, you remember when all them men come out there and they believed that woman's testimony and accepted it as a Messiah. Oh, we all witnessed that. So we all know, they must have said, brethren, that we know that he is the Messiah. And he promises now for us not to go to any Gentiles. That'll be for another age. But go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. Now, strange He's made himself known to the Jews. He's made himself known to the Samaritans, but not to the Gentiles. He'll perhaps do that later. They're not looking for a Messiah. Now, must have been about that time that Satan looked over the top of the hill after it got dark. Satan's scared of light. Any devil's afraid of light. Any creeping evil thing's afraid of light. You take a wild animal in the jungles of Africa and be out there hunting, just flash on the light, they're gone. They're scared of the light. Get an old nasty roach. Throw an apple core down out somewhere. When it's dark, he'll come around nibbling. Just turn the light on and watch him take for cover. <laughs> Certainly. Spiders and everything else will take off. They're afraid of light. That's the reason people are afraid of these old-time Holy Ghost meetings. <laughs> Children of darkness work in darkness. Children of light walk in light. Ye are the light of the world. A city that sets on a hill. Don't put a bushel over it now. Right? Satan looked over as soon as it got dark and said, Well, I guess it's about time for me to start prowling. All the nightclubs and honky-tonks and everything. So I wonder where them disciples and, and Jesus is. So they looked. And as him and all of his demons looked, there he was out on the sea without him. But now's her chance. They've gone off without him. Now we can get even with them. That's just what he looks for you and I. To go off without Jesus one time. I say this with reverence and respect. I'm afraid that's what the Pentecostal people are doing. 
You're going off after big buildings and big organizations and societies, and you've left him. You're so busy in building programs. You forgot the little mission down on the street, the old tambourine, the guitar. You're afraid of jail sentences and things again, see? There's something wrong. Went off without him, got on a tantrum, programs, and so forth, and forgot about him. That's the reason our sisters bob off their hair and wear these little old dirty clothes and deacons and put in the church. I know a hole in this church, a great Pentecostal church, one of the greatest in the United States. Now, I know a friend of mine, uh, that a man going to this church, found a woman, a young girl in there he loved better than he did his wife, and he had a sweet little girl, and he left his wife, married this girl of the church, and they made him a deacon after that. Brother... <laughs> yeah, you went off without him. That's all I know, brother. Yes, because he paid heavy on the plate. People are being to look too much about money and dressing and fine things. You better look up. You better get away from that stuff. Because remember, that's the leading to Lady Osea, which the church age will go out in. Make God sick in his stomach and he'll spuse you from his mouth, he said. Just acting like Christians. He wants real born-again Christians with real genuine faith to believe every word. God likes. Now, I don't want to get started on those things because they keep you here too long. Now, notice, then Satan seen him out there without him. said, here's our chance to get even with him now. And that's what he's done to the church. I was called today by some of my sponsors on a meeting. They called me long distance this afternoon, a group of Pentecostal ministers, not Baptists, Presbyterians, Pentecostal ministers, and confessed that they had believed not in divine healing and wanted me not in the city and wouldn't sponsor a meeting where they prayed for the sick. Pentecostal ministers. Pitiful, isn't it? I had another call, said from a group that said, if you let another group sit on the platform with you, we'll have nothing to do with it. That's worse off than ever. What's the matter? Go off without him. The love of God in our heart constrains us to reach to every denomination and every place. When he gets to a spot that you can't have a tender love for every human being, something's happened to you. God so loved him when he was a sinner, an alien away from God, an enemy of the commonwealth of God. He so loved you that he gave his life for you. Sure, you get a spirit in you, you're better than someone else, then, then you're worse than anybody else that I know. Of. I don't care if you're ever so correct in your theology, your motives and objectives is wrong. I'd rather be, I'd rather be wrong in my, in my theology and be wrong in my heart. That's right. The Spirit of God dwells in your heart. In the Garden of Eden, man took his... His, uh, his, He compromised. Now, in the Garden of Eden, there was a choice made with a man. The devil took his head. God took his heart. And he sends him off to a seminary, freezes him up with some good theology, and dehydrates him in there, and he comes back out, his head all puffed up, too big to wear an ordinary hat. Then he comes out with bitterness in his heart against a fellow citizen of the kingdom. That ain't God. Right. Satan's seen him go off like that without God. 
And so he said, now let's get rid of them. And that's just a good way to get rid of it, too. Brother, when you get a place that you can't reach across the fence, come across the street and associate and call a man a brother just because there might be some little hair's difference. How do you know you're not a little different in God's sight? And be a brother? Why, certainly. Brother, the altar's your place. Exactly right. Get right with God. I wouldn't want that evil spirit on me. That's right. I'm sorry to see that creeping into Pentecostal groups. All sides of them, too. All sides. One pot can't call Kittle Black because it's just six and one and a half a dozen the other. So they're on both sides. But, oh, brother, don't never let that evil thing come on you, man. No, sir, brother, stick together like molasses on a cold morning. Just really, really cling together. That's right. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred mind is like to that of ours. Before our Father's throne we pour our mutual prayers. That's right. Our fears, our hopes, our aims are one. Our comforts and our cares. That's right. That's the way we should be. Yes, certainly not greedy, selfish, indifferent, ungodly. The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, long-suffering, meekness, gentleness, patience, faith, patience. That's it. That's the fruit of the Spirit. You know, a tree, if a tree's got sycamore bark on it and apples growing on it, what is it? It's an apple tree. The life of the tree produces apples. No matter what your theology is, right or wrong, if you're bearing the wrong kind of fruit, you're the wrong kind of tree, brother. Jesus said, by their fruit you shall know them. Not by their tree, but by their fruit. That's right. True. Now, he saw them without Jesus. Then he began to blow his poison breath at them. And a great storm swept down. And the little ship's just about to tip over, back and forth, up and down, back and forth. The little boat become waterlogged. The mast pole broke down. The oars broke. That's about the crippled condition we are getting into. That's all. That's right. He began to blow his breath in. You belong to our organization. You don't belong to anything. We are the ones that write. The rest of them is wrong. Segregate yourself. Oh, my. Yeah, days of miracles is fast. All that divine healing, there's nothing to it. Uh, there's no such a thing as this, that, or the other. Oh, my. See, that's the poison breast of Satan. Don't have nothing to do with him. He don't believe like we do. There's only one faith. <laughs> that's the faith of God. That's right. God's faith. Your human faith don't go very far. But God's faith in you makes you love everybody. Makes me love everybody. That's right. That's what God's faith does to you. Makes you have the same feeling that Jesus did. Because the Spirit of Christ is in you. All hopes is gone. They're just about ready to sink. They're about holding one another and say, Why did we go off without him? Why didn't we constrain him to go with us? But you know what? He does things like that sometimes and see what we'll do. I think he did it then. Instead of leaving them all together, you know what he done? He knew that was going to happen. He knows this thing right now. It's going on now. It's going to happen. But you know what he done? 
He climbed the highest hill there was in Palestine. Got up on top of the hill so he could see all the way across the ocean. Watch him. Oh. When he died at Calvary, he climbed the ramparts of Calvary till he kept on climbing on that Easter morning, till he climbed beyond the moon, stars, sun, until he could see from eternity into eternity. His eyes on the sparrow, and I know he's watching this meeting tonight. He wants to see what we'll do. All hopes is gone. They thought everything was past. It's going to drown. And when the very crucial moment, when he watched them and here he come walking to them on the troubled sea. And now the sad mistake that they made, I want to say in closing, is the same sad mistake that the church is making today. They were afraid of him. They thought he was a spook, a spirit, something spooking, fortune-telling, and devils. That's what they thought. They began to tremble. Well, listen to that comforting word. Be not afraid. Be of a good cheer. It is I. <laughs> it is I. The only thing that could help them, the only help there was to be helped, and they was afraid of it. And today, the only thing that will break down the barriers, the only thing that can melt us together as brothers and Christians, the only thing that can bring us together again is the Spirit of God of the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts. A message of grace from God that we are not divided. All one body are we. God heals them just the same as they was whatever they are. We are not divided. They see the Spirit of God that was promised by Christ Himself in the last days, he said, as it was in Sodom, when that angel set of God's Spirit manifested in flesh, eating the flesh of a calf, eating the milk from the cow, drinking buttermilk, sweet milk, whatever it was, eating butter on cornbread, sitting there eating like a man, had his back turned to the tent, a stranger had never been around there before. Abraham had never saw him. As far as Abraham knew, he never saw him. And he said, Abraham, where is your wife, Sarah? How did he know he was married? How did he know he had a wife? And how did he know his name was Sarah? I'd imagine Abraham said, my leading was right. Said she's in the tent behind you, said, Abraham, I am going to fulfill my promise to you. Notice, not an angel, not a man, but I go to fulfill my, what I promise you, what I promise you. Can't you see it was God? Abraham said it was God. He called him Elohim, Lord God, Creator. El, Elah, Elohim means the all-sufficient, 
and the self-existing one. Amen. He was a self-existing one. Elohim. Manifested in the body of flesh, eating and drinking like a man. That no, he was Abraham. The same God was made manifest and said, Your name is Simon, and you are the son of Jonas. I saw you when you were under the fig tree. El Elohim. Sit. And in the last days, he said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Don't be afraid of God. It's the only thing that can help you. Will it help us Methodists? Yes. Help us Baptists? Yes. Help us oneness? Yes. Two-ness? Yes. Three-ness? Yes. Four-ness? Five-ness? I don't care what you are. It's helpful of you. Don't be afraid of it. God's Bible message to every one of you. Whosoever will let him come and drink from the fountains of the water of life freely. Don't be afraid. It is I, said Jesus. And I will be with you. I, that pronoun again, personal pronoun. I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Amen. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. When he was yesterday in his day, he was a pillar of God. He was manifested in flesh, said, I come from God and go to God. A few days later, after his resurrection, Saul, breathing out great threats, went out to Damascus. A light, a pillar of fire, struck him down. He said, Who are you? He said, I'm Jesus. Peter was in prison. A pillar of fire come in the window. Peter thought, I'm having a dream now. He said, Come on, follow me. The gates opened by itself, passed right by the guards. He didn't realize it was God until he's on the outside. Amen. I love him, don't you? Let's now, my time's five minutes over. Let's just sing this little song to him. All you people, everyone, I love him, I love him, because he first loved me. Our Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy word. Thy word is truth. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word was manifested before us in flesh. In the book of Hebrews, it said, The Word of God, Christ, of course, is more powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the sunder of the bone, the mire, and even a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the mind. Oh, God, be merciful to us. Grant it, Father. Make yourself known tonight in human flesh by performing the same things that you did back there, that they might know. And when we stand at the judgment bar, there will be no excuse. Father, take your eyes save of the Spirit tonight and open the people's eyes that they might see that it is you, that it's your Spirit. You're not dead. You're alive forevermore. May many of the people, even at the, like the woman, touched his garment. May they be graciously healed. For we ask it in his name. Amen. I love him. I love him.
you love him, really love him, makes you love everybody on. All right, now while we sing again softly and sweetly to him, let's everyone shake hands with this somebody quietly right by us. Let's just worship with our heads bowed quietly. Say, hum it now. Mm. Just think how good he is to you. your heart. Now lay your hand over on Calvary. Oh, dying lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power. fellowship. Oh, how we love it, Lord. Just bathe at the fountain, bathing ourselves in the beauty of his righteousness and holiness and his power. Our sins are all gone. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from that. We're fixing to come into the throne now, Lord, to ask favors. You've got a group of sick children here, Father. They've come tonight because they believe in you. And I've come to bring the message to them. Oh God, some of these people in here will die right away if you don't help them. Our beloved physicians of the earth here has given some of them up, no doubt. Some of them are crippled and blind and something that the medics don't know what to do about. Father... You're the creator. 
David one time, as we quoted, he was caring for his father's sheep. God, let me just take his place tonight, caring for father's sheep. One day a lion and an enemy come in, grab one of the sheep and run out a lamb. He didn't have nothing but this little slingshot, but he won after the lion. He trusted you. He slew the lion, brought the lamb back. Father, there's many of them here tonight sick and afflicted that medical science is stumped. They don't know what to do. They've come here tonight. They're your sheep. I'm taking this little slingshot of prayer and I'm coming after him, Lord. Give us power of faith to kill that lion, that devil, that cancer, that devil that's crippled him or whatever it is, that we might restore him back to the sheepfold for you, for our Father don't want to lose his sheep. Forgive our unbelief, Lord, and set our souls aflame with thy spirit. We realize that healing has already been purchased for us, for he was wounded for our transgressions. And with his stripes we were, a past tense, healed. I grant, Lord, that you'll come tonight in this meeting and will do something that you did just like you did when you were here on earth, because you promised it would be done in this day. And when we leave the meeting tonight, may we feel like Theophius and them coming from Emmaus. When you did something there just like you did before your crucifixion, they knew that was the same Jesus. He rose and was doing just like he did before his crucifixion. Lightheartedly, they run and told everybody, truly the Lord has raised from the dead. And they said, did not our hearts burn within us when he talked to us? I pray, Father, that they won't be afraid tonight while you've been talking to them in their spirit. But may they realize that still small voice that attracted the attention of the prophet. The mighty Russian wind struck over the cave. It didn't arouse the prophet much. The thunder and the lightning, the blood and oil and so forth all poured down. But it didn't attract the prophet. But when that still small voice spoke, then the prophet veiled his face and come out. God spoke with him. God, let's veil our face tonight and walk out here from you. May we not be afraid. May we veil ourselves with the word of God to walk out upon his promise now. That still small voice of the promise by the word. And see you perform these things that we're asking tonight. We commit it all to you now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to pray for this just now. Lord Jesus, you promised it. And one day it's written by a writer that the children of Israel were on their road to the promised land. And the Red Sea got in their way. Right in the line of duty. The Red Sea was keeping them from the promised land. And the writer said that God looked down through that pillar of fire with angry eyes and the Red Sea got scared and rolled back and the children of Israel went on to the promised land. Now, Father, the promise is that you would heal us, that you have healed us and doubt is in the way. Superstitions, 
all kinds of troubles. Now may God not only look through the pillar of fire tonight, but through the blood of his own son. May them demons that holds the people that's sick, that set these handkerchiefs in. When these handkerchiefs of tokens is laid up on the people, may that devil turn them loose and they go over into that promised land of good health. Grant it, Lord. It's in the line of duty. We send these handkerchiefs in Jesus' name for that purpose. May they be restored to the promise that God gave them. And the promise, above all things, I wish would that you prosper in health so they can serve God. Amen. The ones that own them may get them after the service. I don't know how we're going to line a prayer line up here. The line, the walls are full. How many prayer cards y'all get on? Fifty? What was it? A's, B's, or C's? Let's see what we can do. Is there room for a line between y'all and the wall there, brother? Could a line? Well, you wouldn't mind it. That's all right. No, don't, don't get out of your way. We'll make, we want you to stand right here. The difference whether I pray for you or not, that don't have much to do with it. It isn't my hands, it's his hands. Amen. That's the reason I had them times. Now remember, if there was anything in the world I could do to help you, I'd do it. But there's nothing I could do towards healing you, only telling you a message that Christ has already healed you. How many believes that's the truth? He, how many knows that every sin in the world was forgiven when Jesus Christ died at the cross? All right. Then what do you do when you hear the word? You accept it. That's right. And then if you believe it, you're, you're saved. Then how many knows when Jesus died at the cross that by his stripes we were healed? He healed every sick person. Then what can anyone do? If you're already brought out of the pawn shop, if a fellow stand there with a ticket of redemption, the only thing you have to do is receive it. That's just take it. You're free. You don't have it. What say? I called for twenty-five. Got all of them in. All right. Now, now in this prayer line, only thing I'll go do is pray for the sick. See. Now, how many knows that's been here in future meetings that knows that the Holy Spirit had promised in the last days that the message would be like it was in the days of Sodom, and Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and made a promise that he would do these things. How many Bible readers know that he promised? All right. Do you believe that we are at the end of the Gentile age? Right there's at the end of the Jewish age and the Samaritan age. Now, Jesus made himself known as the Messiah to them by a Messiah sign. Is that right? Anybody knows that? How many knows that he had the Messiah sign? Sure. Very good. He said, if I do not the works of my father, believe me not. The woman at the well said, we know when Messiah cometh, he'll tell us this. See? And so... To know the secrets of their heart. To do just the same thing he has always done. And then how many knows that he didn't perform that before Gentiles? Sure. How many knows he promised he would do it at the end time? Sure he would do it. Sure. All right. Why? When God is called on the scene. Now listen you Bible studiers. Listen to this. 
Put your faith in the Word of God. For when God is ever called on the scene to make a decision, He cannot make any other decision but what He has to stay with His first decision. How many know that? Because He's infinite. Every decision's perfect. You don't have to make no two decisions. If He made another decision, then His first decision was wrong. If He changes it. Therefore, when God does anything in the Bible, He has to do it again or He did wrong when He did it the first time. So if he made himself known as Messiah, by the sign of Messiah, prophet Messiah, then to the Jews, to the Samaritans, and promised it to the Gentiles, he's got to do the same thing. Now, how many seen it happen? Let's see your hands. Oh, I guess everybody. How many never did see it happen? Let's see your hands. Never did see it. Raise up. Never did see God do a thing like that. Stand for the platform. Never was in one of the meetings before. Never seen the sign of the Messiah sign. Let's see your hands go up. Never seen it. You? Yeah. Some newcomers in the back? All right. What I say? What I say? Yes, just a little bit. All right. They think they can line up the others. 26. Prayer card C26. Twenty-seven. Twenty-eight. Twenty-nine. 30. 30. 31. Say, is the Spanish people here? These people speak Spanish. I don't know what. Might, uh, these four, five, six cards missing here. Might be Spanish speaking. All right. 30. 31. 31. All right. 32. That's right. 33. Come right over here. 33. 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, how are we coming? 39, 39, right this way, come this way, 39, 40, 41, 2, 3, 4, 41, 2, 3, 4. All right. Back in the back. 44, 45, 46, 47, 48. I didn't see 48. 48, 49, 49, 49. I didn't see it. Prayer card C49. All right. C-50. Who has prayer card C-50? Now we're getting them lined up. Now. Now that's all the prayer cards. Now. All right. When the time comes, when the time comes, it'll help the lady. I'll tell you. When time comes, we pray for her. I'll just walk down there and pray for her. You're set. What's her number? 48. All right. You remind me now, Brother Jack. The time 48 comes, I'll go down and pray for the lady. All right. Now, now the rest of you in here that doesn't have a prayer card, which all the prayer cards are in the line, now, now that wants Jesus to heal you, raise up your hand. Hallelujah. Doesn't have prayer. Now I want to quote a scripture to you. There was a woman. We we're going to just go say one time a woman that didn't have a prayer card in the Bible. 
And she said, I believe that man. And if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. You know the story? All right. What happened? She pressed to the crowd till they touched the hem of his garment. Now, did anybody ever see a Palestinian robe? It's way loose. Got an underneath garment. Keep the dust off the limbs. And a, a Palestinian garment, if she touched the hem of my coat, I wouldn't feel it. If she touched my trouser leg like that, a cuff of my trousers, how about a big garment hanging out like that? So Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? And Peter rebuked him and said, Lord, all of us touching you. Why do you say a thing like that? He said, but I perceive that I got weak. Virtue went out. Is that right? And what did he do? He looked out over the audience until he found the little woman and told her her blood issue was gone. Her faith had saved her. How many knows that? Now, wouldn't you like to touch him? Well, is it possible that you can't touch him? Is he a high priest now that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities? Well, then, if he's the same high priest, how would he act now? Like he did then. Is that right? Now, you touch him and see if he acts that way. That's the way to do it. Oh, isn't that wonderful when you bring God's word to a showdown? Now, if he stood here with this suit on, and you walked up to him and said, Oh, Master Lord, Oh, Master, uh, uh, I pray that you'll heal me. You know what he'd say? My child, I've already done it. Don't you believe me? You'd say, Lord, let me see if you've got scars in your hand. Anybody can have scars in your hand. Let me see if you got scars in your side. i got them. <laughs> More horse throw me. Ah, uh, sure. Now, I, I got another one over a shot with a gun. Gun went off when I was a kid. Another fellow's gun shot me across the side. But the, that, that don't mean it should be a Messiah. No. But the life of Messiah would be the spirit of Messiah in his church. Now, no matter how much he'd put it on me, he's got to put it on you too. Because we can't work separately. we got to work together. Amen. Jesus went into a place claiming he was the Messiah and many mighty works he could not do. Because of what? Unbelief. He's the same yesterday and forever. If you don't believe him, there's no way for him to work. If you will believe him, he'll come right in your flesh. The Messiah will. Amen. He's the same God that's in flesh. You believe it? Now, in this prayer line, you all that's in this prayer line, how many has been in the prayer lines, has been here at other meetings, and seen God high reveal the secrets and things? Raise up your hand, Jesus, in the prayer line. All right? Now, if I don't say one word to you, just pray. You believe it? God will? You believe it? You believe it? Without seeing I, I, I know why what you're feeling. I can just feel it. I can tell it. All right? You out there, without, let's have the discernment line out here without prayer cards. The ones without prayer cards have the discernment. Let this knees pass through so that you'll see that the angel of the Lord is here. Now, if that pillar of fire that was, with, was in the burning bush in Moses' time, the pillar of fire was in the burning bush in the time of Moses, when it was made flesh, how many believe that was Christ? He said, before, Moses, before Abraham was, I am, see? All right. Now, that pillar of fire that was in the wilderness, when it was made flesh, 
We know it did that, didn't it? And now, is he a high priest tonight that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities? All right. You just have faith and believe God, and God will, will grant that to you. I ever one of you, just bow your head silently and start praying. Each one of you. Don't be upset, hysterical, but just believe that Jesus Christ is here. If you have a need of him, just believe. Now, I've talked about him, spoke his word. Will he now fulfill his word? Or it's all got your prayer line I want the discernment to be out there. If God will just grant it once more. All right, raise your heads. Look on me. I, just like Peter and John passed to the gate called Beautiful. Believe me, it's his servant. Hold your affliction in your mind and say, God, I'm suffering with so-and-so. Have mercy on me. All you, don't think that you're past healing. You know, just as easy for me to heal you as it is anybody else. Just have faith. I wish I could heal every one of you. I'd do it. I can't do no more than just what I see going on. I'm watching the light. It was here just a second ago. It moved and went this way, and I don't see it now. It's away from the platform at this time. Yeah, the little lady there with her hand up to her mouth, suffering that gallbladder trouble. <laughs> you believe with all your heart, Jesus Christ make you well. And more faith than you thought you had. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. Brother sitting right there, don't fear, you're going to be all right. If you believe with all your heart, that man you're praying for, that horse fell on, you'll wake up if you believe it. You believe it? You believe it? All right. Have faith. Nothing's impossible. I want to ask you something. What did he touch? He's 40 feet from me. What did he do? He touched the high priest. His faith moved back. And I caught it. Amen. But thou canst believe. Thank God he healed them bare coarse veins. Wasn't that wonderful? <laughs> Little sister sitting over there on the end of the row. 
You want God to give you a baby, don't you? A little lady with a green-looking dress on. Have faith in God and you'll embrace your son that you've asked for. Ask them people. I don't know that woman. I never saw her in my life. She's a stranger to me. Are we strangers, lady? Ever who that was that was called? If that were strangers, one another, raise up your hand. Yeah. Raise up your hand so that the people see. What did they touch? The high priest. Now, do you believe? Now, you touch. You do the same kind of touching. I challenge you in Christ's name to do it. Now, we'll pray for the sick. That strike you? You believe that I am his servant with all your heart. I don't know you. You're a stranger to me, just so the people see whether the people hasn't got prayer cards or prayer cards, it doesn't matter. Now, you know there's some kind of anointing here. Is that right? You know that it, 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 it takes more than, a, than a, a, a man to do something like that. It takes God, doesn't it? It certainly does. You believe that God could tell me what you're standing here for? Which, which you know he could. That's fine. All right? If you believe it, I see you're shattered. Yeah. Something horrible. And you're shattered. And that's the reason I looked around at the anointing being on me. I couldn't take each one of them people down that line. I'd drop off here on this platform. So weak now. See how beads of sweat standing? I couldn't do it. Because if he felt weakness from one person touching him, what about now when he has to work back through a sinner saved by grace? See? And that was the anointed God. See? Just his holy, virgin-born body that God was working through made him weak. What about me, a sinner saved by grace? Because he said, more than this shall you do. The things that I do shall you also, and more than this. It says greater in the King James. But you say, what are you talking to me for, Brother Bram? I'm trying to contact your spirit, just like he talked to the woman at the well. That's right. I can tell you now, you're suffering with an extreme nervousness. you got heart trouble also. That's right, isn't it? If that's right, raise up your hand so that people see it. Now, you believe? With all your heart? Well, the same God knows the same things matter to you. That just doesn't. I keep feeling that every once in a while somebody says he's guessing that. I'm not guessing that. How could I guess that? I don't think them things because I catch it right here. That hinders the rest of the meeting. Here, let's see if he's guessing it. You're a fine person. Now... I couldn't have guessed that. I don't know you. I've never seen you. We're perfectly strangers. Is that right? It's a right. All right, sir. That's true. I don't know what I told you. The only way I know is kept that tape. Let me get in contact with your spirit again. See, you're a woman. I'm a man. That's the same way it was at the gate at the well at Samaria. But we being Christians, see, and the spirit of God between us, we're brothers and sisters. Then there's a God of heaven here trying to work through me, just like this, this thing. It, it don't know what to say. It can't say nothing. Neither could I tell you. I have to speak through this to make a voice go through it. Well, he has to speak through me to tell me what's wrong. You see it, audience? <laughs> now, I'm just yielding myself. I just have a gift from God to yield myself. I don't know what he's going to say. If he can tell you what has been, surely you can believe if he tell you what will be. Now, somebody say... Well, 
let's see if you tell you what has been. God have mercy so the people can see and understand my prayer. I just want, I don't even dig up your life, but I just want to see if God will tell it so that the people see that something, I won't ask him no more. If you, in this meeting tonight, if you just let it happen. Yes, I see it now. I see her shaking, walking to a window. She gets real nervous, late in the evening especially, right after work, and she's got heart trouble. That's a, oh my, there's something else. Yes, here's something has been, an operation of some sort, a cancer in the breast. And you're afraid that part of it's still there. That's right. Yes, on your side. See, that's pointing to my left side. So. Yeah. And you've had some more trouble. You've just recently lost your husband. That's right. Is that what has been? You believe God can tell me who you are, the same that know who Simon Peter was and so forth? This is bad. I go believing. It'll all be over. If I just lay hands, there's something anointing here, isn't there? If I lay hands on you, the Bible said these signs shall follow them that leave. If they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Our heavenly Father, I lay hands upon my sister and ask while this anointing is here for her healing. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, believe me now with all your heart. If I lay hands upon you, do you believe that God will heal you and make you well? The whole church is praying for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, may he be healed. Just have faith and go believe it with all your heart. Now, you know I know what's wrong with you, but I don't have to say it, do it. As long as I tell your heart... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I don't now, you know I know what's wrong with you. Is that right? If I tell you, would it help you? Which would be greatest me lay hands on you or tell you what's wrong with you? Tell you what's wrong with you. All right, you're a bother with nervousness. I take off the platform and be made well. <laughs> Shake out it. Now, you go ahead and stop prayer. See if you don't. You believe your back trouble will be all right? Don't believe him with all your heart. Now, you know God could tell me what was wrong with you. And if He would, would it help you? All right. Get rid of that old asthma. Go on and believe with all your heart. Can't get out of it somehow. Um, do you believe that God will heal you? Your heart will be all right and you'll get well. No, that's all right. I just pray and believe with all your heart. Now, he knows what's wrong with the people. Now, are you believing? I just have faith. Don't doubt. Now, if each one of you will believe and just accept your healing reverently where you're at, just accept your healing. Now, be real reverent. Once again, I don't know you. Don't know nothing about you. I guess we never see one another in our lives. This is our first time meeting. If that's right, raise up your hand. Just another place like our Lord met a woman at the well one time. Talked to her. He found out what her trouble was. 
And then he told her her trouble. And she said he was the Messiah. If he could tell you the same thing through me, would you believe that he's still Messiah? you believe it with all your heart? I just wanted to ask you that for a reason. You've had an accident in your leg. Had to take the kneecap off. Right? And then besides that, you've got a hernia that bothers you, and you're extremely nervous. And the greatest thing you need is to give your life to Christ and from a sinner become a Christian. Will you accept him as your Savior now? You do accept him as your Savior? I'll pronounce you to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Go and sin no more. Let us say praise be to God, everyone. Let's just worship him more. Father God, Father God, as she passes by, may she be healed in Jesus' name. If it keeps on, you'll have a crutch after a while, but you believe that God will take it away from you? And the arthritis will leave you and be gone. In the name of the Lord Our Heavenly Father, I lay hands upon this dear woman in the name of Jesus Christ. Heal her. Heavenly Father, as I bow my heart to you, I pray for my brother as he passes by me, cometh under the shadows of the cross. Be healed in Jesus' name. Now, if I would tell you what was wrong with you, would it help you? Yes. Because you're trying to go blind, yes. but that's not what's you're doing. It's diabetes is what's you're doing. And if you'll believe with all your heart, it'll leave you. Will you believe? Then in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, you may well. That's it. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, may she be healed. Amen. Have faith. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll heal me. Now, don't, don't think it's because I don't tell them that, that it's kind of hard for me to get away from it, see? But I, I know that it's, it's all right. God doing it just the same, see? Don't matter, see? I can't, if you do all right, I, I told Brother Jack to watch it. It kept on going on. I'll have to leave the line because it's just spinning to me now. How many understands that scripturally? Why, sure. You can't hardly... All right? You believe me to be his prophet or his servant? I mean to say that stumbles some people. I'm not a prophet. I'm just his servant. See? You believe with all your heart? Do you believe that you'll get all right? Huh? He's real nervous, isn't he? He's got heart trouble, high blood pressure, and he drinks. Go believe. That's your husband I'm talking about. Get all right. Have faith in God. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll heal our sister in Jesus' name. Go eat your supper. You feel sitting there in a chair. Your stomach trouble for Oh, God. I pray God be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. God, I pray that you'll heal our sister in Jesus' name. 
God lay hands upon the little one. In the name of Jesus Christ, may Father God, I pray that you are our God to make her well. Father, I pray that you are the God, I pray that you'll heal our brother and make him well to lay hands on you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Our Heavenly Father, I lay hands upon our sister. In the name of Jesus Christ, may she go and be healed. Amen. Have faith. Our Father, I pray that you'll heal our sister. In the name of Jesus Christ. Right. Don't come by like me, but under the cross, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Have a good courage, see. Oh, you know I know what was wrong, but don't believe in it anyhow. You want me to say that? I will tell you what's on your heart. Will you believe me to be his prophet? You will? One thing's wrong with you. You're bothered with nervousness. That's right. You got a nervous stomach that causes you trouble. That's what you want me to pray for. Isn't that right? You've had it all your life. I tell you, you got a burden on your heart. Can God tell me what your burden is? The salvation of your father and mother. That's thus saith the Lord. I know you. Oh Lord God, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, this woman has been so kind to me. I pray that you give her her charge tonight. Grant all these things that she's asked, Father, and especially for the family. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know what I mean. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Grant the healing of our precious brother. I'm believing. Don't doubt. God bless you, brother. Have faith. In the name of Jesus Christ, I lay hands upon him while the anointing of the Holy Spirit is present. In Jesus' name, may be healed. Our Father, as we feel the vibration of this fine woman, I pray, Father, that you'll hear her. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I'm believing, I don't doubt. Sister, just look at the prayers that's going up for you. Look at this fine bunch of ministers here. This is the church of the living God. See. Our Father, we pray that you will heal her. As by faith we lay our hands upon her. Confirmation of Jesus' own words. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. May she be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer of faith shall save the sick and God shall raise them up. Heavenly Father, with the affectional, fervent prayer of the righteous, and we are not righteous, but we accept the righteousness of our Lord, I pray this prayer for her and present it to you on her behalf in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go believe in you. 
most dangerous disease there is, heart trouble. But God's a healer of heart trouble. Isn't that right? Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll bless our brother and he will grant the Lord as I lay hands upon him in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Bless you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I pray, Father, that you will grant the healing of my brother. Amen. Father God, as I lay hands upon the little woman, I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ that you will heal her and make her ever be Amen. Don't doubt. Come believe. Lord Jesus, tenderly and mercifully, Lord, she brings the little one, and I lay my hands upon them and pronounce the blessings of God. May it be healed and beautifully. God bless you, sister. Our Heavenly Father, this humble little woman moves up here tearing the word of God over her heart. I pray, Lord, it'll go deep in there and she'll have faith to believe in Christ Amen. Our Heavenly Father, we ask the mercies of God upon this our sister. May the power of God be her make her that. In Jesus Christ's name. What's that? I'm going to ask these people sitting here this all the other end up there, but they're in these wheelchairs. Would you all bow your heads and pray with me just a moment, everyone? Or I go and lay hands on them.
Not you that was here without cards. And I pray for these people in a wheelchair, and they didn't have cards either. But they had such a hard time getting to meeting. I, did I pray for this little guy here? God bless you, baby. Tomorrow night, you tie another knot. 
the next night another knock, and bring me that string and lay it up here on your chair, pull this dodge on that boy, and you see how much that head strings between my hands. Jesus, like here, a woman and a man again, if he can tell me something that you're here for, would you believe it? You're here for me to pray for your eyes. Got eye trouble. That's right, raise up your hand. Well, you say, sure, she's got on glasses. All right, let's just take that out of the way. Now, you look at me and believe you believe, now you're, just let the people know. Now right now you feel a real sweet, warm spirit. If that's right, raise up your hands, because you are a Christian. Now did you ever see the picture of that light, that pillar of light? In the picture, we got it here. It's been taken all over the world. We got it right here at the building. Now, how many ever seen it? All right? That light's hanging between me and the woman right now. I'm looking right at it. Now... You think he can heal your husband? Yes, sir. He's here too. Yes, sir. If I can tell you what's wrong with your husband, will you believe me to be his servant? Yes, sir. He's got skin cancer on the face. That's right, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right. And you've got some other loved one you're praying for. That's a daughter, loved one. They're not here. Got trouble with the ear. They're not even in this country. It's in Georgia. Is that right? <laughs> 
You're not from this city. You're from a city called J A Jasper. That's right. Your name's Miss Kimmy. That's, that's right. Well, how long have you been made well? Lady, I may believe. Jesus said, "These signs shall follow them that believe." Is that right? Lay your hands on one another. If they lay hands, don't pray for yourself. Now pray for the person you got. Way back in the back there. Lay your hands. 